Oh, Jaffa cakes. Thanks, mate. Although I have just had a triple chocolate Belgian cooker. Oh, you don't have to have a right this second, though. Yeah, I do. Anyway, shall we? Yeah. I'm, I'm nervously excited. Nervously excited? Well, I've been trying to get you on for a while. Yeah, well, that's because you're scraping the barrel rather than uh, <laughs> water me on. No, I'm not. I've got, I've got a few people lined up. Don't you worry about that. Phil Seymour. Hello, hello. How you doing, pal? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Long time listener, first time call. <laughs> well, I want to actually start by saying thank you. I don't think I'd have been able to set this up without your help. Oh, don't be daft. Nah, you were like my tech guy. Just plugged in some mics, it's not that hard, really. <laughs> it is for me. <laughs> but do you remember when I rang you like, during the day because I was struggling with something and you, you drove over whilst you were working like, to sort it out? Yeah, you FaceTime everything. You're like, where does this go? I was like, just plug it in. Plug it in where? It's like, have you not got anything to plug it into? Like, what are you recording on? I'm recording my laptop. It's like, and then you showed the plug and it was one of these big, like, 10 pin jacks. There's no way it's going to fit into your laptop. Yeah, there's too many wires and. Yeah. It's because you, the problem was, is you bought the amp without having the, the pickup on it, so you needed it all in one box. Yeah, and I've got one of those now and, I, you know, I don't know, I just plug it in and yeah, it seems to work. Tell you what, it's a sleek setup. Well, thanks, mate. It's like my little studio. Looking good. Like it. Thanks, mate. Well, your nickname's Verb. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's one of those nicknames that I always forget where it comes from. So, what's the origin of it? So, I only recently found this out, to be fair. And for the longest time, I thought it just got phoned in. Because I thought it was, you know, there's how many is in our group? Like 10 or 12 of us. Everyone's got a nickname. In the WhatsApp group. In yeah. the WhatsApp. Well, you know, people we hang about with. And I hadn't really done enough to get a nickname. You know, like, Tash is. Dad's got a tash. Or, or, or uh, you know. It can be that simple. Yeah, it can be. Or, you know, Bell did some stuff and now he's a Bell, so, yeah. Our man was just, oh, verb. So it turns out, is they were walking down the road, and I can't remember who said it, but just like, isn't Phil a word? Like, it's a doing word, isn't it, isn't it a weird word? So Phil is a verb. You so it's like F I L, like a doing word. Mm. And then, because, yeah, everyone just started laughing, and then it stuck. So you're now called Verb because verb, of that. Because. That's probably the most stupid nickname. Well, as in yeah. the origin of it it's, it's founded but at least I've got one is the, is the way I look at it <laughs> we've all got one man. I know imagine everyone's got a nickname and then you just your name you just, you'd feel left out you? so at least I'm yeah, included I don't call everyone in our group by the nicknames sometimes I use the, you know, the birth name but you I call you Verb all the time yeah there's a few people I couldn't call Ray Mike no, no. I've not called him Mike it took me a second to figure out what his actual name was then. that's how <laughs> long I've been calling him Ray for <laughs> well I was going to say we actually know each other from school but we go back further than that. We do. I'm talking about the Cubs days. Yeah. Were you not part of the infamous football team while we were in the paper? I was. Yeah, you I were. I was in that like picture. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, glad you were in the picture. I wasn't in the picture. <laughs> yeah, you are. I wasn't. My yeah. dad was. Do you know the story? No. So, we got took out of school. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, we went onto the big field at the top. Yeah, and we got loads of pitches, took loads of different angles, holding the ball, everything. You know, I was top scorer. I was... I'm, you know, I'm thinking I'm, I'm the big dog here. Mm. I'm the one, you know what I mean? So I'm going to be front and centre. But no, I wasn't. There was one picture where we're all laid down, aren't we? In a line. Uh, yeah, vaguely. Okay, so I was... I remember the two main photos, but anyway, go on. Yeah, I was... Um, yeah, there's the main one where I'm holding the ball. Yeah, front. that's what I remember. Yeah, and that, you are in it. You're in the I'm middle in, one. I'm in that one, but that was the one, that's not the one that was in the paper. Oh, was it not? The one that was in the paper <laughs> was... Because for clarity, we'd... Um, that, that Cubs team hadn't won a football match in about 20 ever? years. I don't think it ever won. Yeah. Then we came along, the class of whatever it was. 90. How old were we, like 10? 
Yeah, so it would so have been. So, like 2002? Class of 02. We turned up, we won like 6 0 or something against a team. And then, yeah, they put us in the, the paper for it. And yeah, so the, the, the picture they went with was we were all lined up next yep. to each other, and I was on the end. And for whatever reason, the I was I was cut out of the picture that they put in the paper, and it was just the hand. So I remember the day that it, we all knew it was going to be in the paper. And yeah. The papers arrived, and I remember all O'Neill ringing me, and he was like, "Right, the paper, the newspapers are here. Come, come round and have a look." So I ran up because we lived on the same street. I ran up to his house to see the picture, <laughs> and I remember scrolling along everyone's face, waiting for mine. <laughs> And then I just wasn't there. And I just saw, so good. I saw my hand. Yeah. And I was just like, I just like, froze. I was like, I'm not in it. Oh. And then, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. So I absolutely, I just remember going, just saying, I've got to just nip home for something and just yeah. go back. And I went home and I just cried. Oh, so, man. Oh. <laughs> I cried for a long time. That could possibly be my saddest moment, to be honest. Because, mate, it was like a big thing, wasn't it? It was huge at the time. I remember, yeah, like you said, we got took out of school to do this photo shoot, which... In and of itself, sounds like the most ridiculous thing when you're like ten years old, and <laughs> you we won one game and then got slaughtered in every other game for the rest of the season. No, I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure we were bad. Maybe for that season, but then we got better. We won like five side tournaments. I've got trophies, mate. Oh, I might have bailed by then. <laughs> that's probably why we got better. Yeah, that's probably why I did get better. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I was always defending, and I remember Joe was always in net. And at one stage, he got so bored. Of, I think of the game we won. He got so bored of being in net. He was just playing with the leaves. Yeah. <laughs> he was just running around playing with the leaves in the net. Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> it was all like you guys up front, like scoring in, in, in midfield, and we were just at the back. Like this is dull. <laughs> hey, that, that was an all-star team, though. Yeah, we, we were on it. Bell was on it. We had all me, Blue, Adam Costello. I think that was it. Yeah, well, that's all you need, mate. That's all you need. All-star team, that. Well, you actually also taught me to play poker. Do you remember that? Back in the day, yeah. You've lost me a lot of money over the years. Uh, you've all won it back, I'm sure, in, in our games. I don't think I have, mate. And then you, you went and took it on and did it proper? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I just played online for a bit and yeah. lost you, most of it. I won like one tournament once. I remember you winning. I remember you buzzing off winning. Yeah, I was yeah. like 17. I won like 500 quid. Yeah. And that was a lot for me. But that tournament, I could have won. Like, If I would have won the whole thing, I would have won like 30 grand. But yeah, I just managed to just cash out on it. And to be honest, mate, I think I lost. But yeah, so we're mates from school. Did you enjoy school? I, uh, I mean, no one enjoys school, do you? Being forced in lessons and that. But equally, you do enjoy school because it's basically knocking around with your mates for six hours a day, every day for 10 years or whatever. So I think in, in hindsight, yeah, I did enjoy school. But at the time, no, it was crap. <laughs> well, you were born in October, aren't you? Yeah, 29th. You were one of the first... To have those like house parties everyone had when they were like sixteen. Hmm. Yeah. Back in what was that year ten? Yeah. Eleven. And I've got a memory of you in a black shirt with a snapback on, with like a fosters in your hand. Do you remember that? That was my yeah. That was my party. I borrowed that hat from Barn because didn't have a hat at the time. Sorry to hear that. I know. It, had, it was so bad, right? It had like um, a jazzle on it or some shit. It was proper bangers out there. I bet you thought you looked the bee's knees. I'm pretty sure I had a tie on. You did have a tie on. Oh god, that was. Let's not find that photo again. But I bet I look. <laughs> Right, dickhead in that. I always say um, when we talk about photos, I'll put it on the Twitter account. I never do. Have you got a Twitter account for this podcast? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll, follow, I'll find it afterwards and I'll give it a follow. Yeah, I always share. I share the, each thing, but mm. I don't... Um, I never I'm not even on Twitter, Twitter actually. Don't I, I don't really... I'm, I'm a bit anti-social media, so I don't really uh, post much. Yeah, but if, if it's like a... Yeah, it's not you, is it? It's like a, a product then. I know. Like, the podcast becomes a thing, doesn't it? I just can't be honest with it. Yeah, fair enough. Well, what are your thoughts on one of today's stories? 
Great white sharks use certain parts of the ocean to prepare for adulthood. What do you make of that? I don't even know what that means. What, they like so, whales and that. They have like so younger sharks will hunt in places where bigger sharks aren't around. It's about like the intelligence of sharks. Can you tell like sharks? Isn't that like most animals? Well, like, you wouldn't get like a a cub, like a lion cub, knocking around where the big cubs are, would you? Yeah. Where the big lions are. Or you wouldn't have a, a, a little gorilla knocking around where the big gorillas are. Well, That's I, just standard animal stuff. I don't make the news stories. It isn't news today, mate. It's Sky News. You want to take oh. it up with their editors. I thought you'd have gone for an election thing. I also don't buy into how dolphins are smarter than humans. Everyone says this, that dolphins are well clever, right? Do you but believe that? Apparently they are. I don't really know enough about dolphins, but apparently the big one that is super clever is octopus. Octopi. Octopuses? Octopus. Apparently they're well smart. Way smarter than anyone given credit for. And now they're just kind of figuring it out and like, oh, we've been like cooking these things alive. Because they've got massive heads. They've got like four hearts or some shit as well. So yeah, shove that up your shark news. Get me some octopus news. <laughs> if you were lost at sea yeah. and a shark was swimming near you, what would you do? Is it the same as dogs where you're supposed to like punch it in the nose and it, it fucks I, I, off? I've never heard that about dogs, but that is a fact. No, dogs. Um, stuff that's attacked. Oh, it's a finger up the arse for dogs, isn't it? Is it? Apparently, yeah, if you, you shock them, they'll, they let go. Oh, I never knew that. Mm. Every day's a school day. Someone told me a story of this. It was like a rescue dog. It was about to get put down on something, and then they got, it got rescued because apparently it, it like mauled a smaller dog. It's like a pretty big dog. And anyway, it just went nuts one day and started attacking the owner. So up the up the ass, let go. It's been fine ever since. I'd always be worried about a big dog having a big dog that it'd have a nightmare that it, I was attacking it, mm. and then it couldn't tell the nightmare from reality, and it'd wake up and tear my throat out. Oh shit! I'd that's be... that's proper like nightmare stuff, huh? Well, you know, it could happen. You hear about it, like you just said, dog- yeah. Some of just switches, yeah, and just switches one more. But yeah, now you know, you'll be fine. Well, in the case of sharks, mm. do you think you've got any to punch one in the nose if there's one swimming around you? If I'm in the water, mm. that shark is going to fuck me up, right? You can swing as much... And is, do you ever find that in dreams you try and punch or run and you can't? It's like going through treacle. It'd be like that in the water. Even if I did land a strike, it'd be like brushing... A, uh, it'd be like giving it a small push. It'd do nothing to... You could maybe kick it in the nose. Oh, my leg would be off at the knee by that point. I'd be, I'd be long gone. I've always thought that I could take an alligator if it was on land. On land? Is alligator the one that's always in the water? Because there's two types in there's crocodile and alligator. I have no idea. I just think, on land, you know, they're slow and stupid. I'd figure some out. Well, I heard this. I don't particularly believe it, but I heard, yeah, that all the force on an alligator is in the jaw is downwards. So they got a really good, like, snap on the jaw, but they got fuck all coming up. So you can hold the, the whole head with your hands because you've got no muscles to bring the jaw back up. Exactly. So you can just hold them there and be like, got you. But if it's up and it comes down on you, you can't get it off. You couldn't prise it off, but you can keep it down. Supposedly. I'll tell you what, you're dropping the facts of knowledge here, aren't you? Oh, I watched some Animal Planet the other day and I'm, I'm all over it at the moment. Well, let's start with your most embarrassing moment. Oh. Which is something that's been mentioned before on this podcast. Mmm. I always like to mm. talk about this holiday. It's getting filled in in Gumbert. Yeah, I got absolutely battered, and uh, Mike also stole stole my thunder a bit. But well, we're going to hear your side of things. Was it at the end of the night? So yeah, so it was the end of the night. I don't know what night it was. I feel like it was about halfway through because I definitely had a few more days left to soak up the embarrassment afterwards. <laughs> so because we were there for a week, weren't we? So assume it's like day four or day five or something like that. And you know, we've been out four days on the trot, whatever, and I'm fucked. So I'm just like, right, I need to get some food in. I mean, you're in the middle of Turkey, what food are you getting? 
It's kebab, innit? You're going to go get a kebab. What so time I, was this? This spot, it wasn't super late, but it definitely wasn't early on. I've got a feeling, I mean, pulling numbers out of my ass, I've got a feeling it's like two in the morning. So it's not like, you know, you're going on till four or five, but it was past like midnight work. And it, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to go get a kebab. And there was, how many of us were on that trip? Like 15 of us. Yeah. Why didn't I go with somebody? You're on your own. I was on my own. I was like, I'm going to get a kebab. I'll be back in a minute. They'll all still be here. It'd be great. So I disappear, go get me kebab, come back, gone. There's nobody there or you've moved slightly and I can't put it together. You're not in that bar anymore anyway. Obviously, none of us got phones or anything. So I can't find any of you. So I go for a bit of a mooch. Can't find Why anyone. have none of us got phones? Because you're in a different country. No, you can't ring anyone. No one's going to pick up. We're all blabbered. Of course you can. No, but you know, like, when you're on a night out and you, you get lost. No yeah. one's picking the phones up, are they? Well, yeah, okay. Anyway, the point is I'm lost. I can't even see my phone, probably. I can't even see, you know, I've got two phones in my hands because my eyes are just gone. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm going. So I start walking up the strip, and I see this these lads, like, proper pressing this girl. Like, Turkish, like, I'll think they're Turkish, whatever. They must be local. And this, like, girl's blatantly on holiday. So I'm like, fucking, had a few pints in me, think I'm ten men, dead out. Giving it big lips. Yeah, giving it big one. Fucking fly in, thinking I'm like, saviour Jesus, Superman, whatever. Hit one. So you just run up to a local and punch well, them Well, I give him a bit of, give him a bit of shout. I leave alone. Blah, blah, blah. A bit of verbal. Yeah, a bit of a verb, give him the verbal. And then, hit one, but a crap hit. Like, in hindsight, it was pants. But at the time, I thought I was like, Henry Cavill just coming knocking people out. The hero. Yeah. Bet you wanted to shag this girl. Probably that was the angle, yeah. <laughs> in my head, it was just get her safe, but probably the angle I was, yeah, well, I'm going to try and shag you afterwards, but <laughs> didn't get that far because I got absolutely filled in. I'm pretty sure there was three of them. I'm not surprised, mate. Yeah, I've, in hindsight, well, in hindsight, even at the time, I was like, that was dumb. Yeah, I fully deserve it. Don't pick on the locals because they'll fuck you up. Yeah. So I've got a scar in my nose just, just for the, yeah. I can see it. Still. Yeah, vaguely. So do you... Do you remember what you said to them? No, but it probably wasn't nice. So you said something to them, they said something back, and you swung the first, you threw the first. Well, they punch. Were, so the initial bit was I seen them harassing, and they were like trying to get her down this like side road. You know, you got the main strip; it's all lit up, and then you got kind of like bits off. And what I remember was they were like proper harassing her, and she was on her own as well. Actually, thinking about it, but anyway, I, I swung in and just got flopped. Well, at least you've tried to help you know a lot of people just walk past but surely you say something and then you move on you don't try to physically get involved no but after a few you've, you've, you lose all that kind of you're not going to bow sensibility to the, don't you? the right way but your intentions were, were there not to try and shag but I mean to at least try and help her yeah okay I'll take that the silver lining I'll take it so when they were all three of them were twatting you yeah I just got filled in mate did you fight back I don't really remember I don't think so I think I just <laughs> I could just get it from so many sides. I was like, just fucking let it happen and move on. And then, did anybody help? No, not that I remember. I remember getting picked up by people, so I'm pretty sure I got done in and then left. Well, Mike mentioned a moped. Well, these 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 lads have a moped. Ah, oh, probably. I I I. Not many details remain, to be honest. Well, I'm trying to piece it together. Maybe you know, so we can fill in a crime report for the Turkish police. Did I get hit by a motorbike helmet? No, I don't know that. That'd just be conjecture. I don't actually know the. And what about this detail. girl, this damsel in distress, did she thank you? I don't think I ever saw her again. I think I was, oh, he got filled in, well, I'm safe, I'm getting off. <laughs> she probably got on the moped with the Turkish guy. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Probably a boyfriend, I'll just come in flying like a dickhead. Like, <laughs> they were just having, having fun, yeah, so. so got yeah. filled in, but the, the point of it being is that I remember coming down the next day and I was like, oh, it's fine, no one, only a few people were recognised. So I've got this, like, straw hat, which at 16, 17, you think is cool, it's not. 
and like <laughs> some big like A-rated shades. I'm like, I'll just pull it down. No one will know. By this point, my nose is all fucked. All around one eye because I got filled in from one side, basically. Oh, one big hit from that side. So all this side is just fucked. My eyes are closed, but it's bad. All the eyebrows cut up, and especially there and kind of up here, which doesn't work for audio purposes, but like the middle of my face off to one side is just gone, right? So I'll like, oh, throw, the, throw the aviators over it. That'll block most of the, <laughs> most of the damage. That'll cover the rest. But you had to pull it so far forward. As soon as I come down them stairs to the pool, everyone just cracked up. It's all our lot and like a couple other groups. But no one knew about it, yeah. Oh, everyone knew by this point. Because oh, the people who, like, the people who noticed in the night, like Michael and them lot who'd come back just after me, had spotted it and then told everyone. So everyone knew, but I wasn't aware that everyone had knew. So I come <laughs> down like fucking John Wayne, like, be fine, and he just got shredded by everyone. I can laugh about it now. But at the time, it was mortifying. Yeah, I do remember you coming down, actually. I think I was part of the group that was laughing. Yeah. Did you report it to anyone, though? Like, I gun- didn't see the point. Like, I've seen enough... Or, you know, how many holidays have you heard about like people running through glass doors or something and hurting themselves and nothing being done about it? Like, authorities, especially in holiday... Like, you know, British broad holiday places don't give a fuck. They wouldn't chase it up. There's not, there's not enough information to go off. Anyway, I couldn't describe them. Did it ruin your holiday? It's a good question. I don't, I don't think so, because I still have a lot of good memories of it, and I still laugh about Gumbert in general. It kind of put a bad spin on the last few days, but if it had happened day one, then yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I, I remember being out, or like the last day, and I think I'd just given up by that point. I was like, fuck it, it's happened. I'll just crack on. Because I remember speaking to these this group of lads, and they're like, where are your homies, man? Where are your homies? I was like, oh, they were somewhere else. I don't know. I was like, oh, they should have backed you up. I was like, yeah, probably, yeah. Just having chats with random people about it. Like, I'd given up trying to pull at this point. I was like, this isn't. <laughs> it isn't going to be working. I'm just going to roll out and just, you know, have a few drinks with lads and, and try and not ruin the holiday. But have you ever been it was beat- pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Have you ever been beaten up before or since? I've been in fights like rugby fights. But that's a lot of you versus a lot of them. And you get you get punched in the back of the head or you'll, you know, you'll get a few digs, but it's not a one-on-one. It's not you getting filled in. Or should I say like a three-on-one. It's not you just getting filled in by, by other people. So, and even then, rugby fights are basically handbags. There's a lot of pushing and you throw the dick. It's not like a proper fight. So, I guess in that sense, no. Well, you're scared, moment, being nearly driven off the M60 motorway bridge. So, when was this? So, this was, uh, this was in college. So, 17, 18. And, because I went to Eccles College, so after school, we all kind of divided up. Didn't we? You guys didn't do college. You went off to do joinery? Yeah, yeah you went off to do joinery, so joinery didn't want to do anything to do with school, nothing like that. Uh, loads of people went off to Loretto, and I think the rest of us went to like Eccles. But the problem with Eccles is there's no food about there at all, and once you got a car, you're like, right, where's the nearest place? So we knew you know, this guy called um, Abdul. He's like, oh, Rush Home's great, we'll go down Rush Home, we'll get this, this chicken place down there. So it was me, Ray, Barn, Abdul, and I can't remember where else I was, it was a full car, but it was like, do you remember the old MGs? The old MGs. Like the like a Saxo kind of thing, like okay. the square ones, like the MG. I don't know which one it is, but it's small, right? <laughs> but he didn't take care of his car at all, so it was like his first car. But the tires were basically bald. The suspension was fucked. And his brakes were rubbish. So you weren't driving. I wasn't driving. driving. Yeah, we were in his car, and we only had I think it was forty-five minutes for lunch or an hour. So to get from Eccles to Rush Home and back in that time, you really got to be fucking going for it. So you hop on the M6, you whip it all the way around. You get off and you go in. You do it. You hit the chicken shop and then back out again, right? We've done it a few times. It's fine. It's not a problem. And then on this one instance, we were coming back and we were like buzzing. And it was having like because there's five of us in the car. You're 16, 17, or no, 17, 18. So you blast the music. 
and you know you bounce around it's great none of us had seatbelts on at the back because I don't think his car even had them that's how crap this car was and we're coming on to the M6 so we're on the M6 so we're going up you know uh, just past the, the traffic centre so you're going towards our way so you're coming up the bridge traffic centre's on your right you're going yeah. up that way where Chill Factor is where Chill Factor is and I don't know why but this other guy was coming on raging and I mean raging like proper you know these like fucking stead guys but they're in a car and they just like just want to ram everyone out of the way and like cutting about in this and the other we were coming along and he was he was trying to force his way in but like aggressively and I was having none of it so he was coming to your lane so he was trying to come into our lane and he was having none of it no I tell lies the other way around we were trying to come in and he was on the road and he wouldn't let us in at all we were like we're running out of road before we hit the uh, hard shoulder so I was like cuts him off basically there's a little gap in front he just whips in front and cuts him off and this guy's horn on the whole like proper raging and don't, we don't know why but we're like you you know 17 you're giving it the V's in the back like way dickhead fucking sort of dick whoa. so he's getting more and more riled up and he pulls out into the, so there's a gap in the middle lane pulls out and then cuts across Abdul so we're now we're on the top of the motorway and his tyres are so shit, right? His whole car swings 90 degrees. I'm in the middle seat. I lift out of the seat because it's come across that, that sharp. Honestly, he came out of nowhere. Horn on the whole time. Swung over. So I've lifted out of the seat. We've whole turned. We're facing... Either, no seatbelts. We're facing... I'm literally facing the motorway side barrier. In front of me is the ship canal. And that's all I can see for a split second. I'm like floating in this car. It's, it's kicked out like that because his, his back tyres have skidded basically terrified I was like we're gonna die today I'm like 17 I was like nearly died on, on and somehow he managed to wrestle it back and we were in the hard shoulder we were on the hard shoulder and then and then go back in again it's fine but for a split second I was looking at the motorway barrier directly ahead of me ship canal in front of that and nothing else I was terrified no no belt on was the point I was floating around okay, it's like 12 o'clock or something like that and yeah in it's like midday on like a Tuesday so it would have been a busy motorway yeah so any car could have hit you or anything like that Fucking hell, well. But I think if, he, if, he'd have, if he was in the right car, you know, he'd booked out a bit and he got back in again. But because his tyres had nothing on him, we just like slid and it went all the way sideways. I just I remember staring out and I was like, fuck this. Did like, that is a proper near death experience. Yeah. Did, did your life flash before your eyes, like they say, it does or anything like that? I remember that moment lasting longer than that moment. You know, time slows down. I remember like taking off. In the, in the middle seat. I don't know why I was in the middle. My barn wasn't in the middle. <laughs> yeah, barn is quite light. But I was in the middle and I honestly, I took off, like, not much, like a couple of mil, but I was levitating in this car sideways on a motorway, traveling that, like, traveling sideways, looking into the ship. Yeah. It was, yeah. And what did everyone, I, I can remember everything about it. That's a weird thing. What did everyone say afterwards? When we got back, we were all just buzzing. It was like the adrenaline rush of it. The fact that we'd survived it was, oh, and that, and we were just calling this guy because, uh, just being an absolute road rage, sorry, road rage dicker. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's road and road. Yeah, but he, that guy could have almost got done for death by dangerous driving. If, could have. If someone hit you. Yeah. You know, five lads in a car. It'd be a proper like car too, more. It's off the barrier and it just goes, takes like 10 seconds before it hits the bottom. You know, like Inception where it drives off. It'd be like that. Did anyone, did any of you learn anything from it though? Because you said you were antagonising this guy. I know he was driving like a dick. Yeah, we probably should have learned something. But at 17, you're just happy to still be alive at that point. Plus, you get the adrenaline rush of it, and we were just buzzing off. We, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we were excited after the fact. Just like, oh, that was mint. But because you, 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 because you had the adrenaline rush, you, you know, hadn't had one that much before. Yeah, it was, yeah, that was scary. Would it put you off motorways? I mean, it probably wouldn't, but there are some people who don't dri- won't drive on the motorway. 
Because when you think about it, all it takes is someone to lose concentration for one second, and you're dead. I think more ways are safer than normal roads. No, that's not true. Because everyone's moving in the same direction. There's no one coming in from a side road. No one's stepping out. You know, there's not like um, pedestrians or anything like that. There's no animals. There's never anything overlooking like a tree's going to fall down or anything. Yeah, I, I think it's safer than normal road. I get where you're coming from, but, mate, people fall asleep and look at the phones all the time. I see it all the time. I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. You're out on the road more than I am, so maybe you see the worst. Yeah, like it's almost seven hours a day, and it's just like... Have you ever seen any bad crashes on the Yeah, yeah, I've seen a few. Because it, it, it's usually... Obviously, it's always, it's always somebody's fault, but mm. I, the amount of time I see people just going into the, the, the lane, the next lane, like swerving in without really? running, and then going back, because they're just they're looking at the phone, they're texting, mm. and you see it when you drive past them. And that's Don't all looking it, down on that. That's yeah. all it, and then it's like, oh shit, that's all it takes off. People for you know, tap knackered and like drifting off, and that's all it takes. And on a motorway, you've got no chance if someone hits you. I've got another motorway story actually. My mum was driving, um, this was years ago. Do you remember the Clio that I had? Yeah, it was that Clio because I got it off her, which I then gave to Barney. He, he wrote that off. <laughs> Classic, <Barney. laughs> he wrote it off within like a year, I think. But, um, she was in that car and she'd changed lane, and the lorry behind her. I hadn't checked. He clipped the corner, so she's now sideways on the motorway, and he pushed her along for about 500 metres before he clocked on. Really? Yeah, sideways. Luckily, it was like she'd, she was moving out to the outside lane, because that's where the truck was, so, was, so she was like the furthest away from, it wasn't her side of the car that got hit, do you know what I mean? It was on the left-hand side. But, yeah, it's scary, that, isn't it? Because get- lorries are massive. Yeah, mate, just lucky that. Hmm? Do you get road rage? I'd like to say no. I'd definitely say stuff that I wouldn't say to the face, probably in the car. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I mean, think I don't know if that's rage. Like I don't drive angry, but I, I get oh you dickhead, we yeah, get out of the way and all that stuff. Driving brings out the worst in people, mate. I think it's everyone's on edge when they're driving. Mm. Everyone's sort of in a rush, and everyone's just what like, like I said earlier, one mistake and fuck everything up. So if someone makes a mistake, you go mad at them. Yeah. Well, th- you know, touch wood, I've not had a crash or any accidents or anything. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, you've been driving yeah, right. over ten years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've not been hit either. Actually, that's a good point. Have you been hit or anything? Someone went into the back of me on the motorway when yeah. I was in the ambulance, yeah. I think he was on his phone. He never said that. But it, it was slow-moving traffic, so it wasn't like he was going 70 and it hit me. We were, oh, probably, okay. we were probably going about 20, and he just rammed right into the back of me. Not enough to claim whiplash on them. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Still got to that now. Your disgusting moment was the squats toilets in Asia. Oh, they were... Awful. It's the second toilet-related disgusting moment in a row. Because Becky said hers was the toilets in Naples. It, oh, what I don't you, get how civilization has got anywhere when that's how the shit in Like, it's awful. When were you in Asia? So this was when... Well, I guess it's Asia in general. But this specific one was when we went to visit uh, Pud out in China. In... When was that? I don't know. You went. I want to say 2016. Pull a, fuck it, 2016, that's when we went. Pull a day out, yeah. We went in August, so it's like, not super hot, but still pretty, pretty hot. It was like 35 degrees. But the thing about that time was it's like, just before monsoon season, so it's really humid. It was like, you'd step out of your air-conditioned place, and you'd immediately sweat. So everything's just gross all the time, right? This is in China. It's in China. And uh, we had to get the train from Beijing to Shanghai. So it's like a five-hour trains, but the one station in Beijing is fucking rammed. So you know this idea, you've got this vision of like China's packed like person to person, 
that is Beijing train station, right? You can't move for people. It's hanging. And <laughs> obviously, we'd been out the night before. So, so we got in at like four to get for a train at like eight. So we got up, still steaming, got down to this train station. You can't move for people. It's all hot and sticky and you just feel horror. You just want to throw up into your shoes and curl for the ball. <laughs> but you can't, can't do it. We missed the train we actually wanted to get. We just, because we couldn't deal with everything. It was just, we were just too hungover. So we had to get no, more tickets and then sit around in the station for like four hours, which in and of itself is grim. I'm pretty sure we just found like a Burger King or something just sat in there. But the thing with Asian toilets is, is that it's just a hole in the ground, right? But the, the problem with Asia, uh, well, specifically China, is that a lot of people use, a lot of Chinese people use Beijing as their tourist destination if they're from like rural China, which means that they don't see white people like in their day to day at all. No one visits these villages. They don't see white people at all, which means seeing a white person is like gold. Big, big deal. Yeah. It's like seeing a famous person. They wanted photos with us because we were white, not because we were like, anything special it was oh you're a white person oh I'll put a picture of me with this white person that'll be in my mantelpiece because that's like a like a cool thing like, which, which adds a layer to the story is that we were super hungover so you, you got the squirts anyway you got you know your, your beer is coming everyone stares at you anywhere you go and it's 98% humidity 40 degrees heat so you're just dripping sweat I was like I just I need to go I need to get this beer out of me I need to go to the toilet so I went to the what I thought was the nice toilets in Beijing uh, train station <laughs> and I walk in and I brought my toilet roll you know safety first Smart. you don't know what like one ply they've got in there bring some proper toilet roll so I go in oh there's no toilet roll it's a room there's five holes in the floor there's no doors there's no dividers between the holes there's nothing else in this room other than five hoses and five holes in the floor and a sink but all the holes or at least the people in the holes are staring at the door right so, you, so I come in as a wire guy Get stared out from the floor, so there's four lads squatting. So you can see them shitting? Yep. They've got, like, arse to knee, uh, sorry, arse to ankle, on the floor, shitting through these holes, there's one left in the middle. <laughs> I, j- I couldn't do it. I, I, I got there, and they're all staring at you. So they're all looking up at you, but not just like, you know, glance and look away. Staring, like, glaring at you. It was awful. And there was four of them, and there was no dividers. So I, I stood... No, so you can all st- just, you're all just shitting next to each other in a hole. You could fucking high-five each other if you wanted to. There was nothing separating you, and you probably arms length between each other. It wasn't a big room. It was smaller than this. It was way smaller than this. Did not stink? Stank. Awful. And the only way you clean your ass is they got, like, a hose at the back with, like, a valve. And like a B-Day thing. Did you need a piss or a shit? Shit. Badly. So, did you go? No. It went up back up inside myself. There was no, there was no physical way anything was coming out of then from sheer embarrassment and, and honestly, this, I can't describe the smell because, like, as you were saying, it's it's just four holes in the floor, so it just sits there, don't it? And it's got. A, was this just a particular toilet in Asia? No, this is all, like all of it's like that. You get nice ones with like, and they literally advertise it as Western toilets. That's crazy. It's crazy. They, they're so into squatting you know, that they they have to <laughs> they have to put a sign on the western toilets to to tell people not to stand on top of the toilet and squat into that. So did you walk in and do a U turn? You know, you know the uh, the meme of, of Abe Simpson where he goes in the it's like a, a brass house. He goes in, puts his hat down, sees oh, Bart, takes it out, puts it off again. It was literally like that. Yeah, no. Oh, and I was like, nope. I went back out again, and I'm pretty sure I held it until we got on the train, and then had like a private toilet and, and went there. But it was. Like you say, it's the smell. It was just a hole in the floor. There was no like flush or nothing. So it basically, just sat in this hole. Maybe you ran the water down. It went somewhere. I don't know. But it stank. I was hungover, so the smell was knocking me for six. 
I've got four old Chinese blokes staring at me from the floor while they're all shitting. And I'd be expected to sit in the middle of them while they're all still staring at me. <laughs> so, no, no chance. It, it sucked back up inside itself. I was like, I'm actually good. I'm all right. And went back out. Do you know Not what, mate? I'm trying to put myself in your position there. And I reckon, because when you've got to go, you've got to go. I think I'd have gone. I think if you need a shit, you're just going to have to do it. So I'm surprised you managed to keep it in. From, not, well, not fear, but just, yeah, embarrassment and just shock. I think you just got just suck back up inside, like, you know what, we'll wait. My body's just like, this isn't good for any of us, let's, let's not uh, do you put ourselves in this situation. Do you reckon the locals over there are just used to it, or do you reckon they think it's hanging as well? Oh, they're used to it, they're mad for it. Apparently it's better, because it's strange and cold and out, so... Yeah, I've, you know what, I've read that way, shitting wrong. Yeah. Your angriest moment mm-hmm. was when you lost your flight details the day of the flight. So where were you flying to? So we were flying, this was pretty recent actually, we were flying to Italy, to Florence, mm, yeah Florence, because we had an Airbnb gaff just outside of Florence, it's like this little villa, it was well nice, and it was my family going, so it was mum, dad, two sisters, and... Pre-Covid? Yeah, yeah, so it was the summer before, oh yeah, that's actually long, it's like two years ago now, Oh, time, time has flown, but yeah, so, so we, we got there, and I booked, sorry, I wasn't meant to be in the country at the time. I was meant to be somewhere else, but it got cancelled. And they were like, oh, we'll add you on the booking then. So I was like, sweet. Paid for it all. And Lufthansa were like, oh yeah, we'll add you on the booking. Because this was, so Lufthansa is like Ryanair, but German. We got to the, you know, you, put, you drop your bag into that. And they were like, all right, we've got, we've got the four of you. And we got all the way to the front. We're like, all right, we've got you six. Can't find you two. So just, you know, we'll deal with it though. Don't worry about it. We'll deal with it. And they fannied around for like an hour. And they're like, oh, we've not got any any uh, acknowledgement you're booking. You're going to have to go speak to that lady over there. And she was like the customer support lady. And then it was an early flight. I was like six in the morning. So this was like five in the morning, four, whatever time. Was. Like super early. So I was cranky anyway because I don't like mornings. I'm not a, I don't sleep really. So mornings are just awful. They basically went, we don't have any record of your booking. I was like, I've got it printed out here. Look at it. Look at all these details. Put that in your computer. I've got them. I've got them. I printed it out this morning. It definitely exists. How else would I have got this? I've not made it up. Fucking do your job, but if you're like, oh, we don't have a record. You got to speak to that lady. So I went over to them and speak to her. And I went for the whole same rigmarole. And like, the only thing we can do is book you on the next flight. I was like, right, fine. How much is that? Oh, that'll be fifteen hundred quid each. And I lost my shit. Even though you had the confirmation in your hand, in you my still hand. had to pay for it. They still expected to pay yeah. for it. And they weren't. They weren't giving us any refund for the flight that I'd already paid. That we'd already paid for. That supposedly didn't exist. It's like, here's look, look at this fucking email that I printed out. Here's the booking number. Here's my name. Here's the seat I'm in. Like, how have you fucked this up this badly? Do you did you find out how they did fuck it up? No, they never give an explanation or nothing. They went, oh, we just can't find it, so we'll, we'll get you on the next flight then. I was like, all right, but they were like, we're gonna charge you fifteen hundred quid each. That was just to get us there would have cost more than the entire holiday for eight people. So you didn't pay it. Oh, fuck. What did you do? But I went, and I regret this now. In hindsight, or after a bit of cooling down, I know it's her job, but you shouldn't have to shout at customer support people. I do feel really bad about it now, but at the time... Did you swear at her? I swear a lot at her. Because it's not her fault, it was the company's fault, it wasn't her no, fault. No, I said that especially afterwards, I was like, I know it's not your fault, but you're paid to be here, so you're going to listen to this. Because that's what you get paid to do, that's part of your job description, is to listen to disgruntled people. What did you say to her? Can you remember the rant? I can't remember the rant. I know it didn't get personal to her. I made a point of not making it... I apologised a few times throughout my run, but I was like, this is a fucking joke. Your your company's a joke. Everything about this is a fucking piss. Like, 
meal than that. But I properly went in and I, yeah, so, fuming. Is all your family watching you? <clears throat> Point gold, uh, a couple of them are. Mum didn't like it. She left. <laughs> but anyway, the, the point being is that they're like, there's got to be another way. There's got to be some other flight company, airplane company flying flying there. So because we weren't in Florence, we were just outside, uh, we found a flight with Jet 2 to Pisa, which is a little bit further out. So like a good price. And they were like, and they were well nice with us. So it just goes, this attitude of Lufthansa, they were like, they wouldn't even pick your bag up without getting paid to do it. Like they were doing nothing for anyone. And they... Dilly dallied. This was nothing that annoyed me was how long they dilly dallied around. So he sat around at the check-in desk for an hour, messing me around. And then I went over to the customer support lady and was messing around for another hour. So I'm two hours deep off no sleep and just raging because they've lost all my stuff right. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to go on this at all. It's all fucked up. We've paid for all this stuff and, then, and all this on So I was just in a flat. I was in a massive flat. And I was, <laughs> yeah, I do feel really bad about it now, but I, I got proper, proper snide with it. And what, how how long did it take you to get your next flight then? The one that we were different. So it was a two hour delay, uh, as in the flight was two hours later than the one I would have gone. Um, so it was like eight in the morning, so. Um, with Jet 2, flew to Pisa and then managed to get a train from Pisa so you, over to Florence and then met them there. And you had to pay for that? I had to pay for that, yeah. What was that? How much was that? Was it? Uh, I, think the, I think the flights were in line with what we would have paid for the Lufthansa flights. Like the original ones, okay. not, the, not the piss ones. And the train was like 40 euros or something. So it wasn't too bad. This is the thing. Any other country, trains are really cheap. Really cheap. Were you able to claim the original company? I don't know what happened with it because I didn't do the original booking. I think Dad Clay tried to claim and they did everything in their power to not pay out. I don't have a conclusion to that because I'm not entirely sure it was resolved before COVID started. And then they're not paying out there now. They're not paying anyone to anything. So I wonder whether they never got that money back, you know. So when you were going mad... Oh, I'm angry all over again. <laughs> I can see it, mate. When you were going mad at them, how long did it take you to calm down? As in, well, at the checking desk, there was no calming down. I was I was at peak. And the customer lady, I'd apologised for a few times, so I felt like I was coming down, but I was still pretty angry. How was she reacting to you? Was she was she mortified? Or was she just saying, I'm sorry, sir? I'm sorry. How was she with you? She was just like, there's nothing... Like, this is, this is the only option that I can do, is put you on this other flight. And it'll cost you this much. Well, I'm obviously not paying that. It's like, well, what do you want me to do? I was like, you can sit there and take this because that's the other way I'm going to feel better and you get paid to do it. So I'm sorry, but yeah, settling. You ruined it, day. Yeah, I really did. It was early doors as well. I actually just started. So uh, <laughs> really, really set her off on a bad day, that one. It's like a Wednesday as well. She really must have had a bad day. But, mate, I completely understand it. I've been in a similar situation where you're having a go at someone. Like, for me, it was at a time when I was on the phone mm. and I broke down somewhere all night I was in work and I was broke down for hours all night and you know and I'm waiting for someone to pick me up and they just weren't coming and I'm phoning this breakdown cover and I'm like this is an absolute piss take I've been here for so long I know it's not you I know it's not mm. your fault you've got to keep saying that yeah. but you're going to still listen to me right? exactly it's exactly but, that it's like, I'm, I'm annoyed at the company and you're the face of the company to me so you're going to have to take this I know you're not doing it personally I know you're not going to have to do with it but you get paid to take this shit so take it but yeah, uh, yeah exactly at least that. you said that to us. Some people, I mean, especially with a lot of call, people that work in call centres and things like that, they get a lot of shit from people, but they won't apologise for that. They'll just have a go at them. I know, it's bad, isn't it? I think call centres are, are worse because it's, because you can't see the person. You feel like you can say really nasty stuff and get away with it because you could just hang up and there's no repercussions. Yeah, some people... Whereas when you're face-to-face with a person, you do, like... I don't, I don't think I was as bad as I could have been. Especially if they're apologetic as well. If oh, she wasn't apologetic. She wasn't? No. She was like, there's nothing else to do. What do you want to well, say? She wasn't apologetic about it. More as yeah, well. probably. It goes back to driving, right? So if you're driving along and someone cuts you up, maybe 
I mean, the, the example you told was a bit different because you almost died. But if someone, <laughs> if someone cuts you off, pisses you off on the road, and everyone, everyone gets road rage, and you're like, oh, you fucking dickhead or whatever. If they, they'll, they sometimes look at you and go, oh, fuck off or whatever, give you the Vs back, and then you get more annoyed, yeah. and you're both annoyed. But if they said to you, if they put their hand up and go, oh, I'm, re- I'm sorry like that, then you go, oh, all right. Washes away in an instant. Yeah. Though. It's mad, though. Yeah, so... Because you can't have a go at someone who's genuinely apologetic yeah. towards you. Yeah. Do you ever get it where, like, say you're coming down a road and there's only enough for one car to get down, so you give way, and then they don't say thanks. Oh, yeah, it doesn't know you. And then you wave to them, like, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, I do that time. Sarcastically. Cheers, yeah, mate. Yeah, just courtesy, isn't it? Uh, but I see that all the time, especially because the road works up by uh, Prusing, so I cut up that road next to it by, by the Aldi. There's that speed trap at the top, in there. Yeah. My dickheads up there who don't say thanks. Yeah, there's a lot of knobheads on the road, mate. Your sad moment was Archer dying. Now, Archer was your cat. Yeah. It was quite recent, this, so it's still pretty fresh, so fair play for you for talking about it. How old was he? Uh, he was just over a year, so he's so still a kitten. So he was born in November 19, and he died end of December. Just gone. Okay. And so just over a year. If you don't mind talking about it, how did it happen? You know what, cats are, you know, cats are knocking about all the time and um, just got hit by a car in the in the dark. He was, he'd only been out for maybe an hour and a half, two hours before I got the call as well. So, was... so someone called you? Yeah, so we had him chipped. Someone, some... It's mad actually. We found out uh, a little girl, like an 11-year-old girl walking a dog found him oh, on the side of the street and... So where were you when you got the call? I was at home. So I'd, I'd only let him out maybe an hour or two before. And uh, I just got this call. I was like, are you Archie's on? I was like, yeah. He's like, hey, you've got to come up to the vets. He's uh, He's been brought in, been hit by a car. I was like, just in, you're just in shock at the time as well. And what, what happened was um, she'd found him, called her mum straight away. So she came over, we had blankets and that, like got him safe. He still had a heartbeat in that, but he was gone. Like he'd, he'd been hit in the head. You could see the cut. And apparently like... It's straight out. As soon as that car hit, gone. There's nothing anyone could have done. Were you able to, so you were able to see Archer? Yeah, so I, yeah, so I got the call on whatever time it was. Um, drove straight over there and he was still warm. Like it, it can't have happened more than an hour ago. And the drive didn't stop? No. So you were going through a breakup before, just before this happened, mm. and I remember coming round to see you, and you introduced me to Archer, and I could tell that like, you proper loved this cat. So I remember when you said he died in the group chat, and I remember thinking, "Fucking hell, like this is going to be tough for Phil, this, just because of the whole time, everything that was going on in your life." Do you think the last six months have been the hardest of your life? They've they've certainly been difficult. I think. And one of the reasons why why I put Archer is a it's you know more recent than a grandparent. And it's not to detract you know because when I've lost three of four now, um, and they were awful times as well. So it's hard to kind of define that as a yeah because you spend a lot more you know it was yes it was man but he was only around for a year and he was young whereas you know you with your grandparents you've you've known them for all your time growing up right so it's a bit it's hard to say quantify one objectively worse than the other or harder or more. Okay. A bad time. Um, right. I just spent as a whole with every with, with lockdown. Certainly, with yeah. Break up and like losing your cat. That's like three huge things. After, yeah, I think the, the relationship was a difficult one in the sense that it was my head had kind of gone down from that anyway, 
like kind of in bad place and then yeah it was kind of compounded on top of that in passing because I, I'd kind of doubled down on Archer as, as my crutch to get through the, the loss of a relationship and then losing him I think it's it's more the fact that all my grandparents that have gone have been from debilitating illnesses they've been gone for a while you know when it's coming you can you know you can process over a period of time and then you you're almost re- not ready when it comes because you're never really ready when someone dies but do you know what I mean but more the point it was out of the blue yeah because it was, it was the shock of it yeah I, I lost grandparents to you know heart disease or dementia or, or whatever it was but you, you saw that for over a period of time you knew it was coming you got to kind of grieve through that process whereas Archer was I'd let him out and then two hours later I got the call that he'd passed like it was it was very abrupt and um you're living on your own as well for the first time you said to me not yeah. go so you had to deal with it on your, I know you've got your friends and your family around you but yeah so thank you for that because you guys have been fantastic like well, yeah you and me we've helped each other out I'd say the past six months Sometimes Definitely. I've not been in the best place and I've come to your house. You've made Kiev's. We've had a bottle of wine. It's like a little date. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, that's what I mean. But even like, Ray was dropping me texts like two or three times a week just to make sure I was all right. Like I spoke to Word all bit. Like, oh, mate, people were really supportive without having to mate, that's what we're all be asked. Right for. Yeah, that group is fucking mint, you know. For, yeah, for stuff like this, absolutely. But for a lot of stuff, we all like, not to downplay over, over friendship groups, but ours has been consistent in terms of length like we've all known each other for ages we've been out of school for 10 years for fuck's sake even beyond that we know like most of us know each other for 5-10 years before that it's a big group like we've consistently been able to maintain a, a size and yeah you get you know you get subgroups in that but it all kind of merges within itself and everyone you know oh, I'm trying to these people this, and then our group is fucking sick you know oh, I feel like we can and it's rare you don't often see that like my sisters don't have anything like that in their years respectively. you years. know you hear on the, the TV and everything where they're saying you know men don't talk I think we all talk to each other quite well in, in with deep issues I've got deep I think I think the stigma of that has changed certainly over the last couple of years say the last three or four which is a good thing I think it's, it's really come out in line I think um, not, not to mention names but there's certain people in our you know, circles of life that have, have come out and been honest about it. And it's been, you know, in line to say that if, if they're someone who, who you expect, or, you know, they've always won or they've always been on top of stuff, you know, and to see them be like, no, this fucking sucks. It, it kind of makes you go, yeah, I am allowed to feel like this as well. So, yeah. Our group's sick, man. That's what I'm saying. It was the end of it. Let's talk about your surprise moment. <laughs> which was a surprise. Yeah, this very, was a surprise. <laughs> yeah, that's very close to burning down. So how long have you lived there now? It'll be two, yeah, it's about two years. Where are we now, May? I got in two, in June 19, so. Okay, so almost two years. So almost two years. And how did it almost burn down? <laughs> so, this house, I think in the report, it was like a, a 1950s or 1960s house. And when we got in, and the people that had moved out had turned the spur off for the shed. So, it, it, there's lights in the shed and there's a couple of sockets. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out how to turn this on. Because we'd moved a box in front of the switch. So, I just couldn't see it. I'd just been a spot. <laughs> can't say that. Can't say that. You can't say that. Why not? I don't know. I just like saying that phrase. Uh, you gotta get one in every every episode. <laughs> <I> Try to. <laughs> but I couldn't find it right. So my sister's mate's a electrician, and I knew he was round the corner. So I was like, oh Ben, can you come down and just help us out? Because I don't know why this power isn't working. I think something's broke. So he came down, and our meter was so old it ticked. Like it's one of those like proper old. And he's like. um if it's if it's not working, we can't add anything 
to this. This is ancient. You've got to redo all of this. I was like, all right, okay. Anyway, he fell on the switch and he turned on his group. But he was like, all of this. Because I was like, oh, can I move this switch here? I don't want to change this light and do this. You know, little things. And he's like, no, because that meter is fucked. So if I'm going to change anything, I dare say it's over and off that. So everything's got changed. It's like, right, okay, fine. I couldn't afford it at the time, so I just moved in. And every penny that I had, literally every penny, my account went to zero to pay off the deposit and, and fees and this and that. So I had nothing. So I was like, I can't afford a rewire because rewire is a major job, right? I was, I was I was having none of it. So I was like, right, I'll have to save. So I saved up till January, just gone. I had enough money. So like, boom, right, get it done. But the problem, the problem with my house is it's concrete floor. So you can't go on the ground floor. You can't go down. You've got to go up, which makes the wiring really pain in the ass for the ground floor. So we lifted all the carpets up. So I've got, I had to move out because everything's on the top floor, yeah? So all your power's off. There's, you know, other than your fridge, nothing else is on. There's no lights. There's no nothing. You had to move out. So all the carpets up, beds dismantled everything. It's like a building site. And he took all the floorboards up and the wires, he touched them and they shattered. And these were wires that were running mains. I've got a video for you for your uh, Twitter Twitter feed. That nah, I probably won't post. You won't post. But it was it just snapped in his hands. And he's like, this, I think this might be... Like, even the metal was snapping. It wasn't just the, the plastic on the outside. The whole thing. You could just touch it and it would just disintegrate. And he was just like, if this... And it's all wood. There's nothing like um, treated or anything like that. It was just like bare wood with, was it, 240 volt? Just running through it all the time. Anything could have set on fire. And he looked, he looked at me like dead in the eye. So went, this could have burnt down at any point. You are so lucky that this hasn't already set on fire. Stared me out though, and I was like, oh my Serious God. Shit. Yeah. And he's usually a pretty like jokey guy. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. And he just went straight face. I went, you're so lucky this hasn't burnt down. I was like, would it have not just burned your house? Would it have burned the whole fucking street? Well, it's a semi, so I guess it would have burned next door. Yeah. But that probably would be it. This is the thing, because it's wood. Well, say the wire set on fire, because it's all the top floor, and obviously you're sleeping upstairs, isn't it? Then you planks or you can't put whatever sets on fire. So I'm upstairs, I'm trapped in it. That'd have been fucked. But it's just the way he said it to me. He was like, you are so lucky that this hasn't already burnt down. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, look, he just snapped in his hands. I've never been, because I don't know, I mean, I've done electronics, but I've not done like electrician level stuff, like working with mains wires and that. But I know what a wire looks like. I know you can be able, you should be able to bend it and this just shattered in his hands, shattered in his hands. I wonder if that problem has caused other fires with other houses. I bet it has. Yeah. I bet there'll be more coming up or houses of that kind of age that haven't had work on because I spoke to next door about it as I was getting the work done because obviously you know you throw it you got skip out the front and all that stuff to move and like, oh what's going on mate I was like oh I'm just getting a rewire done um, have you ever had your wires done because I told them the story and they're like I don't think ours have ever been changed we've been here for 20 years just like look into that look into that I, I don't know I've not spoke to them I hope so because otherwise they don't set my ass on fire did you have insurance or anything like that as well so you have to have home insurance. And a few years ago, uh, I was renting in Disbury and the house got broke into and I got a lot of stuff robbed. So now I've got a lot of contents insurance as well. I've done my other houses recently. If you had a small fire in your kitchen, do you reckon you'd panic or would you know what to do? Say you, you, How big a fire are we talking? Because I had one here. Is it out of hand? Or is it like mm, pan no, sized? It's like a pan fire. Oh, I can do a pan fire. Do you reckon? Yeah. I have a pan fire here. You throw a towel over it. That's what I did. And it went away, luckily. Yeah. But I did shit myself. Your proud moment was your master's degree. You put master's degree, question mark. I'd say getting a degree is a pretty proud achievement, mate. Yeah, I didn't know if it was a bit kind of wanky. A bit pretentious, isn't it? No, absolutely not. What was the degree in? Uh, so I did mechatronic engineering, which is basically robotics. 
Okay. And it's in its simplest form, it's robotic. So electronics for two years, and then mechanic. Well, not mecha- it's, it's more to do with motors, kinematics, which is how if an, if a, a robot leg moves, you don't control where the leg goes. You actually control the angle of the joints, right? But you've got to translate that to an actual movement, so it all kind of stays in line. And this, your brain does it automatically all the time. You've got to tell robots how to do that, and you've got to write a whole thing. So that was a lot of my degree was that. Robotic stuff. Embedded systems and, and making cool things. That sounds confusing. How long did it take you to get it? Um, so it was a four-year master's. I was meant to <laughs> I was meant to do an industry year after my third year, but I was like, fuck this, get it done, get out, get paid. Because if you do an industry year, you get basically get paid like a intern, like and you have to do loads of stuff. Like, oh yeah, it's really good industry experience. It's not. You get used. So I was like, right, so bin that off. So it was meant to be a five year course, but I did it in well, it's a four-year uni course with a year out. I was like, binned off the year out and just rattled through it. Obviously, no degree is easy, but was it harder than you thought it would be? It was loads harder than I thought it would be because the way I looked at it is I just wanted to go to the best uni for my course. Fortunately, unfortunately, that was Manchester, so I ended up not going that far. But the actual course itself was... So the difference, the difference between uni and like college or school, right? School, you're fed everything. Here's what you need to learn. Here's the exam. It's exactly... It matches up, right? College is kind of a little bit different in the sense that here's the here's what we're going to examine you on. Here's the course material. You kind of got to put them together yourself. Uni is like here's what we're covering. Some of it might be on the exam. Some of it might not. Some of the stuff we're not even covered might be on the exam. Tough shit. You figure it. And it's just no hand holding. Do your own fucking thing. Nothing. So at least in the first year, you got it's a real kind of culture shock between. And it's not like there's a class of how many is in a in a class in school like thirty. Right now in a class of three hundred in a lecture field. Because we're into halls and like you, you know, you mix me with other people doing like history or geography or science, you know, everything. The history people, I suppose, someone made Josh only did in his entire three year degree eight exams. I had 13 exams in my first semester. And you passed them all? Yeah, but four of them were practical, so it's basically just turn up and you get the marks. But the point being is that engineering was, yeah, it was a slog, man. Like, we had to do, it was the only course that had 9 a.m. lectures like every day. Everyone else got like two two days a week they had to go in and this and the other. Yeah, it was balling, man. Did you always know you wanted to do this, even from school? I think I was quite fortunate in the sense that, not that I necessarily knew what I wanted to do, but I knew what I had an interest in, if that makes sense. Like I knew I liked taking things apart and electronics and I was good at maths and it just kind of all fell into place really. So this degree has helped you get your current job? It has. And um, what is your job? Because if someone asks me what you do, I'd have no idea. I'd say you're an engineer. But I don't know what you do day to day. Confuses the fuck out of me. But I have a feeling, so even after you tell me now, I'm still not going to know, but what do you do? So my official title is uh, Mechatronic Design and Software Engineering. So I do a lot of embedded systems. I'm writing a lot of code at the moment. So I'm doing a lot of Python, a lot of C Sharp, a lot of C. Um, it's basically a little microprocessor, little small computers that you can put in. It's not a full-blown Windows computer. It's just a little thing that it does a very specific job, very efficiently so for example um the company that i work for is predominantly oil and gas but it also does chemical process and water um so for like big sites we'll control the the big valves and, and automation stuff and the big pistons and that instead of having some bloke there around to do it all we'll just put a, stick a controller on it and that'll do everything for us and then we can get all the data off it and do this and the other so i do a lot of that uh i do a lot of iot so it's in there things or connecting things to the cloud all that fun jazz I'm writing a test automation system so we can fully automate our testing facilities so we don't have to have test engineers anymore. They can just 
run go automatically. <laughs> it's, it's boring, isn't it? It's boring stuff. <laughs> no, it's not. It's interesting. It's just going way over my head. Oh, it's just it's dull things, really. Robots. I do robots. No, mate. It's but not in a cool, head. like, looks like a person robot. Yeah, just, like, really bespoke. Yeah, but, mate. One-function robot. You can do a job there that a majority of people can do, so you've got a massive skill. Oh, I appreciate that, but I think you can say that about a lot of jobs. I think it's... After maybe five or six years in whatever industry you're in, you're so specialised in that thing that many people couldn't do what you can do. Well, it helps set up this podcast anyway, so I'm proud of your degree as well. I'm <laughs> thankful for it. Well, yes. any any more uh, engineering requirements? I've got you back, mate. Thanks, Worry. mate. Your happiest moment was Japan beating South Africa in the 2015 World Cup. I didn't know you were Japanese. Ah, the beauty of this one, right? Because the, the <laughs> it was in, like, UK, so England, Wales... It's the Rugby World Cup. This is the Rugby World Cup. It's rugby, rugby Union. Rugby Union? Yeah, yeah. I thought you were a league, man. No, I'm the only union, man. So, you know, Will and Jake and that are a league. I'm the only union. So I, I played union while they were playing league, but obviously they're much, much, much better. Okay, so um, why were you so happy? I actually made a professional of it, whereas I didn't. So why were you so happy about this game? Me and my dad went over to Cardiff to watch. So we went to the game. It was Canada v. Ireland. It was like a, one of the group stages, I think. We actually went to the game, so it was a great day anyway. And I met up with my mate who I used to play rugby with, who was also on my on my uni course. So I've known him for years. And his family, so we were pretty tight anyway. So we met up with them in Cardiff and went to the game, which is great. And then after the game, so that was the early kickoff, and they had the late kickoff. So, all right, we'll find, a, we'll find a bar in Cardiff. Now, Dad went to uni in Cardiff. So he was just reminiscing. He was just knocking about, like, oh, I remember this, used to, this building used to be a spoons or whatever, you know what I mean? Like having a little trip down memory lane as we were getting to the stadium. So he was having a great time anyway. So we watched the game, which was great. It was a really good game. Really enjoyed that. We had really good seats. So it was perfect weather. Pints with your mates. You know, it's the perfect, like, sporting event. And we come out, I was like, oh, we'll watch the late games. You know, why are we, why are we going home early? Let's just watch the late games. We're in Cardiff. We all go to the hotel. Like, fuck it, we're going to go up in the morning and get the train home. Let's just knock about for the rest of the day. So we found this bar that was watching the late game. And the late game was South Africa uh, v. Japan. Now, South Africa are much better. Much, much better than Japan. And they were all over for most of the game. So everyone's watching. There's, a, there's, it's predominantly South Africa shirts, but you've got a lot of like Ireland shirts and Canada shirts and Wales shirts. It's just rugby fans in, the, in this pub, basically. Or, yeah, and that's the thing with I find with rugby more than you get with football is that they're happy to mingle and not boot off with each other or anything like this. Uh, whatever we're just there to watch the game. So it's an eight-minute game, and about sixty minutes in, Japan score, and they bring it within four points. I think it was. So you get five for a try, two. No, there was six points. This was it. There were six points shy with 10 minutes to go. And they were playing. And then what happens in, in Union... Oh, I don't know if it happens in the league, but once you hit the, the 80 minutes, it's this player, then it's dead, and then you're done. There's no extra time. There's no injury time, none of that. And they kept the ball alive. So they, so it's six points below, but a score and a conversion will win. They would drove it all the way up the pitch and really slowly. So I think there was maybe 30 phases in this drive up. And each one, so the last 15 minutes of this game, everyone in the pub has become a Japan fan. Even the South Africa shirts. The underdogs, in it? Even the South everyone. And all the chatter has stopped. Like, it's proper, like, from a film where everyone's just zoned in on the TVs. All the chatter stopped, music's off. Everyone's just, they've, they've wrapped up the commentary all the way to the max. So everyone's just zoned in on these. Even the South Africa fans are like, every, honestly, everyone is supporting Japan at this point. And they go on for I think even the South Africa fans. Even the South Africa fans were just like, "This is amazing." Okay. Because Japan are, they're all right. They're like, do you watch the Six Nations or anything like that? Yeah. They're like on par with like Italy, so they're not going to beat like England. You're going to get dicked by most people. 
And South Africa are like on that part of England, right? And so the the five or six minutes beyond the time the game should have finished, if that ball, if there's a penalty, if there's a something goes wrong, if the ball goes out, anything, that game is dead and they win. And South Africa win. And they drove it all the way. Fucking scored it. And got the kick from the corner. So it was a proper hard kick. So say you're right footed, it was all the way off to the right. So it was a really hard kick. And he nailed it. As soon as he hit that ball and you saw it was going through, the entire bar erupted. Eru- everyone. Proper like pints in the sky. Oh, it was amazing. The atmosphere was incredible. And I've never seen my dad cry. He was just like, that was the best thing I've ever... Because he's a proper rugby fan like, from birth. Like, grew up in Bath, so he's a big rugby guy anyway. It was a really good day, though. The way it works is you've got like tier one teams, so you're England, you're New Zealand, you're Australia, you know. You've got your tier two teams that are kind of coming through, so you Japan are in that kind of tier where they're good. they're good, but they're not great. They're not really competing for titles, but they're kind of in the conversation. And then you've got your kind of development teams, which are nothing, but they're there, you know, they're trying. They, build, they big up the numbers for, for the World Cup, but they're only really there to, to do that, like Fiji. And Japan just weren't expected to beat South Africa at all. And they could have just taken a kick to the points, because it's a group stage, but it doesn't really matter. And they fucking champion through it was amazing it was more the atmosphere of that but everyone by the end of it turned to a Japan fan people were hugging strangers and just like that was a bet oh my god that was the best book I've ever seen it was incredible and I guess it was also the whole day like you said you were out that day anyway and yeah. you, you were staying out drinking you got your family there your dad you got your mates and this massive underdog story and the mass mint game dramatic finale oh, everyone's happy yeah that sounds like a fucking mint moment mate I'm not surprised because we it wasn't like we were in Mali and we were just watching something it's because we it was a proper day out as well it was oh it was amazing yeah yeah it was it was everything about it which we've talked about before where sports is also can bring you to this level of euphoria oh it does doesn't it and I think it's more this case that apart from you know the Japan fans and the South Africa fans nobody else had a, a horse in that race you were just there to enjoy the sport and everyone by the end of it was like that was what odds would you got for Japan to win that game very well it was a group stage so you wouldn't put much money on it but a lot I just pulled a number out of my house. I don't have an idea, but a lot. <laughs> they were not expected to be. So was that one of the best days of your life? Got Again, it's hard to objectively quantify, but in terms of happiness, I don't, I don't have, I don't remember that day, any part of that day being bad. It was a, a really good day, though. Well, mate, we've come to the end, and I'm glad I finally got you on. Wasn't as bad as you thought I'd be, would it? I've been nervous all day, you know. Have you? Yeah. Everyone's, a few, well, not everybody, but a few people have been nervous before they wanted to come on. I don't have the voice for radio. <laughs> got the face for it but not the voice <laughs> no mate you've been good I've enjoyed it oh thank you thanks for having us no problem but before you go mate do you have any wise words oh I forgot about this bit wise words well here's, here's what I got told that I'll just pass on so I'm going to credit it as myself most of the things you're worried about today won't matter in a year it's not worth your effort of worrying and I think worrying it develops a lot of anxiety and people get really negative about it the point being is that people get worked up about stuff. So, for example, I, the other the other one that was explained quite well was if you got a jar, yeah, and you imagine the big things, uh, big fuck off marbles, right? You can only fit a few of them in your box, kind of, but they're the important things because they're big. And you can fit a few little things in, smaller marbles, pebbles, whatever. And the rest of that thing is just going to be filled up with sand, little stuff that doesn't really matter. Then take that jar out and lay it out. The things that don't matter is going to fill up most of that space. So don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Focus on the big thing. I think that's a good analogy, Phil, or verb. Whichever you prefer. <laughs> I prefer verb, I won't lie. No, cheers, mate. Thanks for that. Thanks for having us. No props.